Welcome to episode number 15 of The Witch's Hunt. I'm your host, Anna, aka Cedar Moon, and this is The Witch's Hunt. Um, yeah, if you're new here, welcome. I'm your host, Anna, aka Cedar Moon. I'm a Taurus, eclectic witch, avid tarot reader, and lover of all things occult. In this podcast, I share information about magic, spirituality, and life as a modern witch. Every week, we unravel ancient wisdom and discover folk magic, tarot, numerology, and all things witchy. My goal is to support each other on our own sacred path. Let's dive into the mysteries of this universe together. Today's episode is one that I think is very interesting, and it is about the third eye. So the third eye, also called the mind's eye, is located on the forehead right between your brows. It is a spiritual center that provides perception beyond ordinary sight. One could say it is the pathway to a higher dimensional reality. It allows you to receive energy on a spiritual level and um, to reach higher consciousness even. Uh, The third eye is linked to things such as imagination, intuition, the sixth sense, spiritual perception, and your connection to the universe. So it is quite interesting also for witches. Um, I mean, think of it as this. Your eyes may provide your sight, but the third eye lets you see. You surely have heard people bragging about to have their third eye open. And yes, um, I have to admit to me, it often sounded a little bougie as well. But once I, I really leaned into this topic, I was so stunned. Like, I'm a person with great intuition and an empath. And I do practice witchcraft, tarot, clairvoyance. And that is where it gets interesting. There is a huge link between psychic powers and your intuitive center i mean think think about a moment where you had this gut feeling maybe it was the feeling that something is bad is happening if you take this specific road or the connection to a loved one who passed and you felt their passing before the message or you thought about someone and 10 minutes later you saw them randomly this is your third eye Many cultures have different traditions revolving around these. Let's take a little bit of a look at the neuroscience. Neuroslash science. <laughs> Speaking of the brain, let me um, throw a whole new term into this. Pineal gland. It is a small endocrine gland located in our brain. It produces melatonin and regulates the wake sleep patterns and the circadian rhythms. Fun fact, its size is about the size of a grain of rice. I mean, isn't that crazy? But which role does this tiny thing play in opening the third eye, you might ask? Well, philosopher René Descartes claimed the pineal gland to be the, and I quote, principal seat of the soul and the source of all thought. Sounds mysterious, huh? Well, indeed, this tiny part of our brain is linked to all sorts of esoteric phenomena such as dimension travel, also known as astral travel, or remote viewing. But also clairvoyance, telepathy, lucid dreaming, and many more. 
So there is a big relation to the pineal gland and our spiritual awareness, awakening, and higher states of consciousness. The word pineal stems from the Latin word for pine cone, pinea, and was first used in the late uh, 17th century to refer to the cone shape of the brain gland. In ancient portrayals of the Sumerian gods, they are shown with a pine cone in their hands. These gods are said to be part of an ancient extraterrestrial visitor race, and their ability to access the pineal for its consciousness-expanding abilities. Dionysus, later known as Bacchus in Roman mythology, carried a thyrsus, which is a fennel staff wrapped with ivy and leaves and topped with a pine cone. It was a symbol of rebirth. Okay, enough about history. History lesson is over here. <laughs> I bet you're already wondering how does it work and how do I heighten my senses? To achieve a well-balanced pineal gland, there are a few ways. As with other parts of our body, certain things will harm the pineal gland. Fluoride is one example. It will calcify the gland and therefore slow down its capacity. Tap water can contain fluoride, so if that is the case, try swapping with filtered water. Food is another one. If you want to support your pineal gland, try a diet that is rich in essential nutrients, such as biotin, selenium, and magnesium. Part number three is something, um, yeah, maybe we all don't want to hear this, but radiation from our devices, such as cell phones and routers, are also harmful for the pineal gland. It is suggested to reduce the use of your mobile devices or, if not possible, to work with some protective items like organ pyramids or certain crystals. Okay, so far so good, but how do we open the third eye now? Awakening, enlightenment, dark night of the soul, breakdown or breakthrough, arrival. These are only some of the keywords linked to opening the third eye. While it might sound super cool, it could as well overwhelm you. But have no fear, I will get into all the aspects right now. So mm, I'm sure at this point you might be very curious, um, which are the main techniques? Um, I have written down six main techniques on opening the third eye. And the first one is practices. So there are some exercises you can do. Closing your eyes and focusing on your gaze, internally, so to say, on the point between your eyes. Focusing on this point and feeling all the sensations that might come up. In the beginning, this might be a little bit weird, not gonna lie, but you will get used to it. Just close your eyes in a calm state of mind and really focus your internal gaze, sort of like as if you are looking on a dot that is between your brows with closed eyes. Technique number two is meditation. Meditation truly is one of the most common forms people use to open their third eye. You can basically choose any kind of meditation you vibe with. It could be some shamanic drums, it could be healing frequencies, 
It could be frequencies that are specially tailored to the third eye. There are tons of free online meditations and music that is really beneficial for getting into this meditative state of mind. It is really important to get all of the mundane thoughts out of your head and really unblock your chakras in order to really release this energy of the third eye. Technique number three is using crystals. There are certain crystals that are linked to the crown chakra and also the third eye. So, I mean, both are very um, much connected to the higher realms. One of the crystals is amethyst. This crystal belongs to the quartz family and has a purple to light violet color. It is available as a druze, as a tumbled stone in raw form, and many more. For this exercise that I'm going to tell you about, you're going to need a small amethyst, preferably um, a small tumbled stone how to enhance these energies. You could, of course, take other crystals that you might also have on hand at home already. A list of possible crystals, well, I do have one. <laughs> it would be something like, as I said, amethyst, lapis lazuli, labradorite, sodalite, azurite, purple fluoride, opal, or citrine. You could also sleep with a stone on the bedside table. You could use it in meditation or even just carry it with you to really strengthen the bond. Because to me, I have to honestly say it like this, every crystal has a unique energy. You don't always vibe with every crystal, but once you've found the crystal that works for you, you can really enhance your bond with the crystal, so to say, and really work with it and it will support you in your goals. Um, one of my next episodes will be all crystals and how to cleanse and charge them, so if you want to know more about that, just stay tuned. Next up is colors. Well, the colors that are linked to this chakra um, are purple and indigo. Some of you might know this already. Each chakra has a certain color that is linked to it. So for the brow chakra or third eye, it would be sort of a purple slash indigo, I would say. And being around this color has an influence too when you um, want to open up your third eye. Um, the technique that refers to this is sort of a color meditation. So you can uh, start by meditating with a purple light, with an indigo light, maybe some LED lights, I mean, there are tons of LED lights nowadays out there on the market. Or you could also, if you don't have this, you could use a guided meditation that already has this indigo color in the background. Some people also say if you see purple lights and colors when you meditate, when you do have your eyes closed, this is, on the other hand, a sign for the third eye opening and for these energies connecting with you. Next tip is foods. Well, there are a number of uh, good foods or bad foods. Although I'm not a friend of good and bad and uh, putting everything into these categories, but well, the third eye um, can be, or the pineal gland can be calcified due to the consumption of foods and too much fluoride. And to decalcify, you need to change your diet 
and include alkaline foods such as chlorella, which um, you can get online or also in some uh, uh, grocery stores, spirulina, leafy greens, avocado, and berries such as blueberries, for example, and also nuts and seed. They will help to activate it and will help to put your body into this alkaline alkaline state. Generally speaking, we want to avoid food that is on the acidic side, which would be dairy, eggs, meat, most grains, processed foods like canned and packaged snacks. Um, if you want to learn more about this, if you want to learn more about this kind of diet, there is this sort of um, alkaline diet. I think it's also... Uh, there is this Dr. Sebi who had a huge part in um, inventing this alkaline diet. You can find tons of information online, but generally speaking, um, I have to just say it from my honest opinion, I am not a saint. I eat quite healthy. I add supplements and I, yeah, I incorporate fruits and veggies. I mean, I'm a vegetarian as well. But I do enjoy my ice cream, some cheese, you know, sometimes I eat my candies and stuff. But I have this view. It's a journey. It's not a race. It's We are not in a competition here. It's about your personal journey. And this is very individual to everybody. And there might be times you're able to eat super clean, super healthy, and the next time it might be so much stress in your life, you're not e able to meal prep and whatnot, don't be too hard on yourself, don't beat yourself down. That's always my suggestion. Just take it one step at a time, maybe just start by looking it up, that is the first step, looking it up, looking up the benefits of these, for example, of chlorella, of spirulina, or other supplements, maybe moringa as well, and just see what you can do to help your body to get rid of all the toxins and of potential harmful chemicals. Also, um, opening your chakras is one really good technique. What I mean by that is, well, um, I don't want to get too deep into chakras, but chakras are said well, it translates to the word wheel. You could imagine there are some energy wheels in your body and they kind of build up on one another. So if you can open the blockages of your first chakras to make the energy flow freely again, this will also help the other chakras, which are more like upwards in the body, like the third eye chakra, the brow chakra, and by really taking care of all these chakras, you can really unblock your third eye in the end. So that being said, of course, it's not easy to unblock your third eye if all the other chakras are blocked at the same time. Um, if you want to find out more about what are the signs for each chakra to be blocked, you can really go online. There is tons of research material. I also do have a book about this. You can find many books online. Um, and they are really good to find out what are the signs. I mean, you have to also, first of all, be able to recognize that the chakra is blocked. And it is, you know, some problems that we have, some issues, some um, health issues, but also mental issues are actually caused 
a lot of times also by a blocked chakra and we just don't see it because we have no no one's told us or taught us to look for the signs anyhow <laughs> um ways on how to open your chakras are for example breathing exercises working with essential oils you can do yoga like certain poses in asana, a link to the third eye. You could do guided meditations. And as I said, you can work with food and with crystals. Um, it will be the best and right way to open, as I said, other chakras first. And um, I can, if you're interested, I can make a whole episode about chakra work. I would be glad to do so. Could it be that the third eye is already open? Yeah, it's quite possible. Um, honestly, um, I have gathered some signs that will help you to identify if your third eye is um, already open. And the first sign that I have on a regular basis is a ringing in the ears. This will happen without any previous medical condition. Um, and I really had this. Um, it was really strange in the beginning because I didn't know where it came from. And I first thought I had like any form of condition, but I got it checked out and ruled everything else out. And it might be <laughs> kind of like also spirit guides communicating. Um, other physical factors such as headaches that occur more frequently than usual, or if you're less hungry or if you're eating foods that will like automatically eat foods that will nourish you and make you feel good. Um, or um, a pressure also between your eyebrows. So personally, I had this also during meditation. If you do feel a pressure between your eyebrows, this is not something to be afraid of. This is actually a sign of your third eye opening up. Sign number two or three, I think it's already thinking of someone and they suddenly contact you. I have experienced this honestly countless, countless times. But it's also a sign that this works, that the third eye is opening, that it's already open. But, you know, there's always potential for, for more in-depth experiences. Dreams. Uh, one of the biggest signs that your third eye is open is having vivid dreams. I mean, have you had dreams that felt so real that you could almost not believe it when you woke up? Or connections to deceased loved ones in a dream? Well, if you're into dreams, listen to one of my last couple of episodes where I dove really into dreams and, and analyzing them and lucid dreaming. But this is one big sign. Um, sign number four, you're connected with animals and nature. If you're feeling one with nature, with the animals, if you, I mean, it might even occur that animals feel drawn to you. Like, they do not fear your presence. They just know, okay, you won't harm them. And um, this, to me, also always happens with birds. <laughs> it's weird, but it's true. Like, birds fascinate me. And I also have a raven tattooed on my arm. So that says all, I guess. <laughs> but yeah, anyhow, this bond with nature and animals and this feeling of oneness is another sign. Um... Also, um, synchronicities and daily insights. To me, this is one of the most dominant parts. Seeing angel numbers, um, having like these weird coincidences. 
um, maybe hearing a word on the radio that has had to do like for example um i always have this when when i hear the same word on on a radio that just went through my mind or that i just was writing down and i hear the same exact word in the on the radio or on a video i'm like what is going on and it's really these are no um this is not a coincidence this is a synchronicity and i've always been a spiritual person but i would say since i really opened myself up for this um, for the possibility i noticed them a lot more and most people they just go upon their day without noticing without acknowledging them so stay open and open your mind for the possibilities sign number six is your sense of uh, self will increase um, your connection to you, to your needs, to your emotion. Um, I mean, I honestly, to be really honest with you guys, I had a really tough time spending time alone with myself for many, many years. But over the course of my journey, I, le I learned that spending time alone and developing your personality and learning about your own needs is a, an important part of life. And it's not a punishment. It's actually a gift. And that's not all. I mean, besides from, let's say, like this, the self-improvement, you will also feel that you are a part of this universe by like, by really discovering your own depth. And in the beginning, this might feel uncomfortable. But overall, I realized that happiness will not be found in the outside world, but instead it is found in my own self, in my internal world. And also all the answers. This is one thing that I will repeat over and over again, but I just feel it. All the answers are already in you. You just have to really dare to <laughs> go the route of discovering your own core and listening to your intuition. So what is the takeaway from this episode? The third eye is a powerful center of our consciousness. To me, it is sort of a mystical source that shows us what's way beyond our daily side. And that is a fascinating thing. It carries a whole world. And if we let it, we will be able to expand our small worldview to something that is bigger than everything, to, the, to something that is bigger than life. Um. Okay, that sounded really bougie, but... Anyhow, I suggest starting out step-by-step, step, um, diving into the topic at your own pace. And if you're interested, um, just look it up. There is tons of information out there. And um, yeah, for me, it just went um, from this interest to really um, being so fascinated by all of this that I researched every single bit that I could. And it really was a wholesome part of, of incorporating this into my life it really helped me and i'm a firm believer in that you yourself you can help yourself so so much of course you can have a therapist friends and everything but you yourself can you can help yourself in such big ways and opening a third eye to me is also a sort of a self of helping yourself of of um, giving yourself the opportunity to receive these, this information and this guidance. 
And yeah, with that being said, um, guys, I am really, really amazed by all of your support and I will portray the herb of the week in the next section. Stay tuned. And uh, the um, bay leaf belongs to um, the family of bay laurel, which, uh, which Latin name is Laurus nobilis. Um, yeah, they, the leaves, they do have a distinctive flavor and fragrance. And, um, you know, as I said, they are used in stews and soups and also pâtés in, in many countries. The leaves are very mild and... Uh, Depending on the length you put it in the dish, it will have a sharp or less sharp aroma. Um, the um, bay laurel is a plant that grows, or it's a um, evergreen tree or a shrub, which has um, smooth leaves, and it is mostly growing in areas that are Mediterranean. Um, the magical properties or correspondences are protection, connection to the astral realms, as well as wishes and overall just, you know, good energies. Um, you can use it for protection against evil, also for banishing, for empowerment, for exorcism, for loyalty and luck, for wishes, wish magic, for wealth, psychic development. And it also promotes good dreams or vivid dreams with uh, visions and will enhance the um, access to the astral realm. There are many bailiff spells in folklore that are being used. One would be, for example, to write a few words on a bailiff stating um, your wish, stating what you want to achieve, and then to burn it and to trust that the universe is going to bring you what you want. You can also use it for money magic or prosperity spells. You can write symbols of abundance or like a dollar sign or a certain amount of money on the bay leaf and you can either place it together with your money in your wallet or you could also burn it to release the wish. Uh, this burning spell can also be used for other um, uses, <laughs> for other um, outcomes. It could be used also to banish something from your life. You can write on it what you want to let go of. And then um, burning this um, bay leaf in order to make this go away, to like really um, banish it from your life. And you could even then go as far as burying the ashes or maybe sprinkling the ashes in a river or something. Sleeping with bay leaves under your pillow is said to enhance or cause prophetic dreams. Also the smoke and uh, consuming bay leaf indeed is also good for the immune system and also helps to relieve symptoms of some or is said to relieve symptoms of some illnesses and um, yeah but you could also use it as a steam to breathe in. So sort of like a steam bath. That was it from the herb of the week. And now guys, on to quick 
quick announcement as always i would like to invite you to um take a look at my tiktok if you want to there are a lot of spells and videos with ritual workings and recipes for you guys as well as some useful information for our everyday witchy life um, you can find me under my handle at cedarmoon with three O's, but you could also, if you want to really support me, you know, if you say like, you want some extra content, you want to receive some, um, you know, a tarot course that I have, if you want to unlock that, if you want some um, tarot spreads that I created, some extra content, as well as unreleased episodes, then you can hop on over to patreon.com slash thewitcheshaunt. There are some options for coven members. You can join my coven for only a few dollars a month, and this helps me out a ton because, as you might know, this podcast is self-produced. I have nobody to really help me with it, and as much as I really enjoy it, it also helps me to buy new equipment, to make more time for my magical workings and more time for a live stream with you guys. Because I'm still working my 9 to 5 and I'm trying my best to um, get my foot in the door, so to say, and get out of the 9 to 5. Yeah, and this being said, um, I'm really happy about everybody listening. If you do have any questions for me, if you do want to say something, if you want to um, submit topic ideas or just give me your feedback, I would be happy to receive your message. You can write me also on Instagram at The Witch's Hunt. And now let's hop on over to the reading of the week. <laughs> Now let's hop on over to the reading of the week, which I have done in two parts. I have um, pulled two cards for you guys today, which are both oracle cards. So these are very general in their meaning, but I think it's a good thing to have a general outlook. The first deck is Woodland Wardens, one of my favorite decks by Jessica Rue. I just love it. Um, not sponsored. <laughs> And um, the card that came up is the skunk and the magnolia, which stands for protection. You know, the skunk is an animal that knows how to shield itself. Um, and similar to this, the magnolia is also um, a plant that has like thick petals and also sort of a waxy texture on the leaves to protect, you know, the plant. And um, this card is just for you to know that you're safe, you are protected, you know, you have these layers that protect you, you have the mechanisms to protect you um, from influences from outside. I think it's a good time for you right now to get more in tune with your own core, especially with this feeling of being protected. Um, you know, now that the waves have um, become softer and gentler in this ocean now that things have settled a little bit in this new year. I think it's a good time to be mindful, practice meditation, do all of the things we've talked about today in the episode about opening a third eye and about um, meditation and getting to your real authentic self. 
you can um, really incorporate so many techniques on meditation. Um, as I said, I would love to get more into it, but for now, for the oracle message, I will <laughs> spare this uh, topic. But honestly, I have pulled another card for you, and this is part of the reason being is I have a new oracle deck, which is um, an oracle deck that has to do with astrology, which is very interesting because I have only uh, I only have like three oracle decks with this one and I wanted to have something that has to do with astrology and it's very beautiful the card that came up is Pluto well Pluto is mm, me it is love and hate you know it's just like with Saturn Pluto you know is the god of the underworld and Pluto is, you know, he receives the soul after death and offers understanding of the journey that lies beyond uh, the earthly existence. Um, astrologically, Pluto reigns over the mysteries of death and rebirth, also transformational phases in life, which can also be very hard on our soul, can be very challenging, to put it that way. And he reigns on, um, he reigns over regeneration and profound lessons that we learn in life. The wise soul knows when to leave the old behind to make way for the new. This may require time spent in the underworld, aka shadow work, working with your soul, going deep into your own psyche to search for wisdom. When Pluto appears in your oracle reading, this is a sign that something is finished or that an important change is imminent. So let's just let me just say some words for to this. Why did I say it's a good and a bad card in the same or it's it's generally a negative connotation and a positive connotation? Well, we as humans tend to avoid everything that is outside of our comfort zone but only outside of the comfort zone is where growth can really occur and that is one of the big challenges or lessons in life is to consciously step out of the comfort zone to be like yeah i'm gonna do this anyway even though it might not be as comfortable as i'd like it to be i'm gonna step out of the comfort zone and i'm gonna dare to really dive into my soul first of all to dive into your um inner world wherever whatever it might be if it might be darker or light it can be so much and just know that everyone is struggling with inner demons or problems and um, everybody has sides of themselves that they don't like to show to other people that doesn't mean that you can't um, slowly but surely peel off the layers and look at it and look at what is that um, and also this good side of it is that as soon as you kind of face these challenges, it will get easier from there. Just like with Saturn, as soon as we kind of acknowledge that we have to learn certain lessons and that we have to be present and responsible, it will get easier along the way. Just be mindful of your challenges and take time for shadow work. You're safe. It is safe for you to do shadow work. If you need assistance, if you need guidance with all of that, there are people there for you who will help and support you along the way. And this, my dear witches and my dear friends, this is the episode of today. Um, I'm really thankful for you. 
um, being here again, uh, listening to the podcast again, and also, really, I hope you enjoyed this episode. Thanks for checking in, and feel free to um, email me your questions or topic ideas to thewitcheshaunt at gmail.com. Um, as always, if you like my content, hop on over to so to my social medias. The um, links are in the info box as well. I would be happy about your support. And yeah, um, this is what I would like you to leave you with. These thoughts of um, it's possible and don't be afraid of diving into your own mind, into your own subconscious. And now I wish you a wonderful week ahead. And remember to listen to your intuition because magic lives in all of us. Blessed be.